ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Dish Yelter Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. <laughs> it has been too long. Very, like, I don't know. It's been more than one week, and after that, like, the timeline just becomes, like, one big piece of nebulous to me. Yes. Um, for those who are not aware, uh, two weeks ago, we had to cancel the Thursday Hangout because I was pulled into work until almost 4 o'clock in the morning. That's right. And then last week, I was at the Robotics World Championship doing the reffing thing to make sure your kids behave and robots do not explode. Oh, man. No explosions. Did any I mean, robots catch on fire? I wouldn't mind if there's like a small explosion as long as no tiny humans are hurt in the process. Was there? Did any robots smoke? <laughs> Actually, no. Damn. Although the fire alarm did go off as the entire like matches were about to start. That's fun. We got to make 60,000 people leave the convention center. Huzzah. Yeah, something like that. So, and then that same night, fire alarm goes off at my hotel room. Ooh, fun. So, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, I, of course, am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the Plifford Conner himself, Zelius. Good to see you in the tubes, good sir. But of course, but of course. Um, uh, this is the Thursday Hangout. It's a live show where we try our best to cover all the topics most important to you. If you have not submitted a topic or a question, by all means, drop it in the chat at any point during the show. We'll try to add it to said show. If we unfortunately do run out of time, we'll add it to the very next show. Uh, so, quick update. Uh, uh, video games changed for the good? Question mark. Is indeed confirmed for Momocon 2023. It will be 7.30 on Thursday. So, be on the lookout for that. Uh, and also, for those who don't remember, or maybe I didn't say, I because it's, it's been a while, uh, we will not have a fan table this year at Momocon. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to uh, be more mobile so I can get more interviews done. So, well, I'm going to try, I'm going to try that. Uh, this year and see how that goes in comparison to, you know, having the fan table. You've already been, you've always been pretty dang mobile, good sir. Yeah, but the, well, the problem is that, um, there's, there's an upside and a downside to having a fan table. The upside is you get to meet a lot of people and you get to hand out buttons and whatnot. And, you know, you get to shoot the shit, but at the same time, especially last year where I was really handcuffed to the table. It was really hard to do all that stuff and, and, you know, be present at the table. So I think what you need to do, so you got the table runner. You yep. should wear that as a cape at Momocon. Oh dear God. No, I, I would, no. You fit right into Momocon as like a, your, it's your Ultra Confusion cosplay. No. Oh, what about as like a giant runner? So like it comes behind you like a big dress. It just no, follows you. No, no, I'm not gonna get a train. I think uh, you're missing out, man. No. This is no. Yeah. I I think that going forward, if we're gonna do Ultra Confusion, um fan table, uh we'll need more Ultra Confusion people working at a convention. At least 
three, counting myself. Um, Does my cat count? Can I bring her no. like with a cape? No. But people, you know, having a pet there, being a dog or a cat or a emu, would actually get like probably the most table traffic at the convention. Um, Everyone, I mean, it might not be for the reason you want, but right. definitely get traffic to the table to at least get things started. I'm just before saying, you're kindly asked to remove your emu from the premises. What if it's an emotional support emu? An emu, you get it? Emotion, yeah, yeah, you get it? Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, uh, uh. I, I think I think your your better bet is to bring your emotional support plant. Just carry I mean, around a potted plant the entire time. That like goes in your animal that basically says it's an official emotional support animal. I still don't think that's gonna work. You can't take my emu for me, man. Yeah, well, you know. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen. Um we, I don't know if it's actually going to happen this evening, but uh, we do have an individual who would like to get involved with the Thursday night hangouts. Um, I just have to work out the details, and I don't know how we would do the video. Uh, but yeah, we'll figure it out. Anyways, uh, Clark, so one a of third, our a third remote key. Yeah, um, uh, our good friend Clark uh, uh, wants to. Uh, Put his hat into the ring. So, well, is he going to actually? He is required to wear a hat. It's part of the. It's the. I know at this point, everyone's wearing a hat. <clears throat> actually. Uh. Anyways, okay. So let's get into some of these stories. Um. Let's start off with the fact that, uh, High Res Studios and their, all of their companies underneath High Res have basically stated that they're removing their games from the Nintendo Switch, which I totally understand. Uh, it they, they just don't play as well as they, sh they do on the Xbox, the PlayStation, and the PC. The Switch is not really built for that type of gaming. Um, it makes me think of another story from today. <laughs> so... Um, so the two games that have absolutely been confirmed, of course, is Paladins and Rogue Company. Um, mm -hmm. They are sunsetting both of those. And so just go back to probably if you were... Well, actually, Rogue Company came out after the Switch came out. Um, uh, Paladins was before. So just go back to playing Paladins on your PC. Does it make you feel sad, sir? No, not really, because I know... I. The only on truly online game that I ever played on the Switch was uh, Warframe, and it, and and it was it had issues when you're in highly populated areas. So I can only imagine, you know, that fast Twitch games would not do very well on the Switch. Warframe's one of those weird games where I feel like it's a game I should really like, but I just. I've tried and I just can't get into it. Like it just, it, like on paper it fills the boxes. Yeah. But then when I actually play, I'm just kind of like, that eh, just doesn't hold my attention, which is annoying to me. But well, I think really you you need to play. I mean, and this is true with basically most online games. You have to play with a group or at least one other person. I would say it's probably fair. Um, 
you know, because there's going to be certain situations where if you try to lone wolf it, you might be able to do it. But I don't think it's a matter of difficulty. I think it's just a matter of the enjoyment of the game, which may be because I was doing it solo. It yeah. Very no, no. I, and, and, right. I, you can lone wolf it. You you can absolutely lone wolf it. I, I never, with the exception of one time, I never teamed up. Yeah. Um, and ironically, the one time I did team up, the douchebags decided to just chill, like right at the entrance, and were like, "Oh yeah," and they started just talking about random ass shit. I'm like, you know what? I'm just I'm gonna disband from you guys and and go actually do the mission. How about that? You know, that's one approach. Yeah. So, um. So yeah, so high res studios basically removing themselves from the switch. Not that big of a surprise. Uh, now, yeah, let's talk about. I don't know if it's really that big of a surprise, but there has been a, I guess, a metric release for Overwatch Two. Ooh. Overwatch Two, of course, came out. Was it in October? Is that right? I feel like it was October. Honestly, don't know. October. Let's see here. Blah 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 blah. Yep. Uh, Overwatch Two was released in October last year, and so October, November. So October to November, December, January, February, March, April. So six months into the life of Overwatch Two, and the the gamer base for Overwatch Two has dropped. How how far do you think it's dropped, Zelius? Seventy percent. I don't know the percentage, but but how many how many users would you say? Oh, uh, six hundred thousand. Nope. How many? Try I don't know. Eighteen know. million. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, eighteen million. They've lost, uh, and it's not getting any better. Uh, you know, they 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 went to the. The was it the game pass or the season pass? Um, and uh, apparently, the game here, here we are with you know, like the old Overwatch, everyone's like, please, new content, this is bullshit. And now you have Overwatch 2, which does give you new content, however, every single time that they've added content, it has introduced several bugs glitches and matchmaking issues so it's like they're not beta testing any of this shit before they bring it out of course it is and that was always the worry of like overwatch 2 when you already had overwatch 1 which for its faults was a fun game yeah was overwatch 2 going to do the same thing i think the problem with overwatch 2 is they went so far in the monetization of the microtransactions which you get but it also gives you a very short leash on the enjoyment of the rest of the game right I think it's part of the problem. Um, whereas if it was just like the forty or sixty dollar game, whatever it is, then you don't do all the other stuff. People, I think, are actually more forgiving, ironically. Um, but I think when you start trying to nickel and dime the whole population and the battle pass and people not very impressed from the start, yeah. Speaking of nickel and diming, I've noticed that there's this weird ass trend that. Um, that I've at least run into on mobile games. And that is that 
the ad removal is no longer one-time pay for a lot of these things. It's a remove the ads for a month and a half for $2.99. I'm like, no, no, no. If I'm going to pay money, remove ads forever. Nope. I have not seen that, but that is some bullshit. Um, Because the games I actually play, I'm more than happy to pay like the five bucks, whatever it is, to remove ads. I've done that plenty of times. No problem. But you're right, though. The ongoing recurring removal of ads? Like a subscription for removing ads. It's just... Nope. But, like, that makes no sense to me. It's like a reverse, like, Netflix with ads. Yeah. Uh, Literally, to be honest with you, any game that has that as, as, you know, their monetization model, I'm going to uninstall really fast. It's a pretty quick way to let me know. I am not looking forward to playing more of this game. Well, there's, I mean, there's, there's, you know, like you, Zelius, if it's worth it, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll throw some money at it. Um, there's quite a few games that I don't, I don't even have on my, my, uh, my phone anymore that I paid, you know, the buck 99 or five 99 or help eight 99 to remove ads. And cause I, cause I got a lot of enjoyment out of the game. Same for me. I would agree. I would say if I play a game on my phone for more than a week, yeah, that's when I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy something. Now it might be a week and a day. I yeah. stop playing. It's yeah. totally possible. Yeah. But about that week is where I start to feel like, okay, it's worth it. And like, as long as it's less than ten dollars, I never feel like a buyer's remorse. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. So that's where I'm like, okay, if I stop playing it the day after the purchase, I got enjoyment out of it. I played it. Whatever. I'm fine with it. Um. Now you start seeing those micro transactions for 20 and 30 and on up. Yeah. That's where I'm like, eh, I'm good. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm okay with, you know, um, like you, if I've got some serious gameplay out of it, I'm willing to fork over a little bit of money. Uh, and you know, if, if I give up on the game, you know, a couple days later or whatever, I'm totally fine with that. I'm also, I mean, I understand that there's a lot of games out there that, that have those weird ass, like you start at 190, there's, you know, 199 thing, yep. and then there's a 599 thing, and then there's a 999 thing, and then it's a 2499 thing, and then a 4999 thing, and then a 9999 thing. And but I'm I also like, find it's a lot with the indie, it, it's kind of funny because I find the indie games uh-huh. are much more reasonable in their microtransactions. Hell yeah. It'll be like, hey, throw us a bone for five dollars to get like a two thousand percent upgrade or something. You're like, cool, brother. Yeah. Versus most of like, especially the gotcha games, they're all they have like the ninety-nine dollar buckets. And I'm like, no. And that's where because we just talked a little bit of Overwatch. That's why I struggle so much with whether or not to actually get Diablo 4. Right. Like, I want to. But because I enjoyed the beta, I played the beta, I played like two or three classes, I enjoyed them. But just with where Blizzard feels like it's going, I'm like, I don't know. Because I feel like every decision they make, it's all about what can they do to get the most money out of the gamers versus what we can do to bring enjoyment to the gamers. You might have to pay money for that enjoyment, but it's all about eking at that. It's like the reverse, like it's like the reverse. Where they all care about how do we get the money? Oh, and if the gamer enjoys it, cool. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so frustrating to me because the gameplay was fun. I enjoyed playing it, 
but just based on what I've seen on Overwatch 2 where it's gone, I'm like, I just don't know. Uh, uh, shoot, what was I going to say? Oh, speaking of money, and ironically, Overwatch 2, um, Activision Blizzard got sued recently um, over the fact that uh, they were suppressing esports wages. Well, that's shocking. Yeah, so there was a civil suit that was filed that uh, basically claimed rules imposed by Activision Blizzard um, limited competition for players in its Overwatch and Call of Duty professional esports leagues and suppressed player wages. There, um, the the individuals who who filed the complaint uh, accused Activision and their uh, independently owned teams in its esports leagues of implementing a competitive balance tax uh, designed hmm. to penalize teams if player compensation exceeded a threshold set by the game maker. So hmm. if you made more money than Blizzard wanted you to make, you got taxed. That actually sounds like some mighty BS to me. Yeah. I mean, I, look, if, if, if there is a, like, you know, in, in professional sports, there's, you know, a, a team cap, a salary cap. Mm -hmm. I understand that. But in order to control how much money you're doling out to your players, you're restricting the amount of competitions. And even after that, so you're not going to get paid as much because you're only getting paid. Uh, you know, you only get your bonuses, whatever, for being like the best team in the competition. Uh, but also, if you are too good, and so you're racking in the money, you get taxed. It would be like if you're a lawyer and you rack up too many hours, yeah. and the law firm's like, yeah, you know, we're too many hours. We're going to just take those extra hours you worked and just uh, take them away. It's like, yeah, you're working pro bono for that amount of time because uh, you've done too much. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it doesn't surprise me that this happened, um, but it sucks. And the real question is, other than suing, what recourse do e-gamers really have? Um, I mean, my guess is if one company does it, they're probably not the only one. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, it's just, well, to be honest with you, at this point, any anytime you hear Activision Blizzard, some some shit has gone down that's bad. Um, it it ain't good. Uh, and speaking of Activision Blizzard, uh, England, United Kingdom has decided to block the merger. Nah, nothing for you in the UK. The combined Microsoft Activision Blizzard. So yes, they they have been a blocked. So when you're, it's funny though, because when you're talking earlier about high-res pulling out of the Switch universe, yeah, one of Microsoft and Activision's big uh, claims of why this is okay, because they're committed to things like bringing Call of Duty a, a competitive and uh, on-par version to the Xbox and PlayStation consoles to the Switch, uh, and one of the findings from the UK was 
oh, that's like technically not possible. Yep. Which is just kind of ironic when you have high res at the same time pulling out from the Switch. Um, I mean, the Switch does a lot of things great. I mean, it's yeah. a fun platform. Yep. But bringing like on a competitive balance the same graphical fidelity of a game like a Call of Duty, it's not going to be the same on the Switch. It's just technically not possible. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I just found this kind of ironic at the same time that both happened to drop at the same time. Um, so, yeah, I saw that. Um, of course, Microsoft will counter sue of to get back so they could still push forward with the merger. Um, yeah, they're the, I just, I just love the fact that Microsoft, uh, the, that, uh, was it Microsoft or was it Activision Blizzard? Um, I think it was Microsoft came out and said, it's the darkest day in our four decades in Britain. Oh dear. Melodramatic much. Uh, okay. Uh, I mean, I'm ambivalent about it either way. Like if the merger happened, whatever, and if not, I'm perfectly fine with that too, because I definitely do get the perspective of the anti-competitive balance that it creates. Yeah. Um, because you would have a very large percentage of the uh, not just the on not just video games, but also cloud games and online games in one publisher. Mm -hmm. Um, I just will be funny now the next time that Sony tries purchasing a developer and says, it's perfectly fine. And Microsoft is going to be like, motherfucker. <laughs> well, of course. I mean, because Sony's one of the companies who like put in motions and blah, blah, blah against this, which yeah. I totally get. Yep. Uh, but it's kind of those things of be careful what you wish for. Because... Um, Sony's definitely one of those companies that likes to buy up other developers to bring under the umbrella. I've done mm -hmm. it many, many times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, I'm not, I'd be very surprised if this is what happened in the United States. If the U.S. had blocked the merger, I would have been very surprised. I don't know a whole lot about U.K. regulations as far as they go. Well, they're uh, saying that, that the decision really hinged on uh, the cloud gaming market which is kind of interesting because like you have google and amazon who basically dropped out of the cloud gaming market yep so from that perspective but i feel weird about that because you're right microsoft then does own the market yep but it's because the other companies failed to capture the market yep so it's a little bit of a Gotcha. I'm like, ha oh, you guys own the market. And Microsoft's like, yeah, because they tried and failed. Yeah. So that one's a little bit specious to me um, from the cloud gaming because you have two companies who should have been able to pull it off. Well, let me, let me rephrase that. They could have pulled it off if they didn't have to make the billions of dollars off of every single product they release. Yeah. It's the call to Wall Street with you have to make uber money off of every single product or it gets dropped. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I'm like, whatever. It didn't happen. Ironically, I do think if it had happened, it actually would have been better for games like a Diablo or Overwatch. Because Microsoft, from all I know, has been a pretty good actually steward of games. 
Um, yeah. Or at least a tiny bit less greedy than Activision goes. But here, so so here's here's the funny thing. Okay, so uh, UK blocks the deal. South Africa approves the deal. It looks like um, uh, the uh, South Africa, Japan, Chile, Chile uh, Brazil, Saudi Arabia, and Serbia have already approved the deal. Hmm. <laughs> Interplayer three. Sup, Joel? Um, uh, and then uh, it looks like the uh, uh, EU is going to also approve it uh, as well. So, <laughs> so it's just Britain going no, no. So, so what I happens? Guess- like, okay, so UK blocks it, but everyone else accepts it. So does that mean that, that? Yeah. What does that actually mean? Like, what happens? I don't know. There, because let, let's let's be brutally honest. There is not a damn thing in this world that every single country is going to agree on, ever. So is it like the you know if 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 they have the what do you call it the majority of the countries out there the the merger goes through? I have no idea on this. We really need like a lawyer to be like, what is like what actually happens? I don't know. Like, can you still? I'm. I don't. No. I have no idea. Like anything I guess will be complete bullshit. Okay, so uh, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to take a. I'm going to take a step back real quick, and we lost Zelius. Damn it. Okay, so basically, uh, the deal is that Activision Blizzard is tr- are trying to. Uh, merge with Microsoft. Um, and the UK has decided that it should not, uh, they, they're blocking the, the merger. Oh, Zealys is back. Huzzah. Um, but there's already countries that have already approved it. So the question we were, you know, trying to figure out and, and because we're not lawyers, we don't know the answer is so if if UK is like the only country that that says no to this, the merger still goes through, right? I mean, they're both U.S. based companies, but they do international business. So, does it just mean that Activision, Blizzard, and and Microsoft products can't be? You you can't do that. You can't. <laughs> I, I, don't, I know don't know what that means it hurts in the my end. My brain to think about. My head hurts. I, I don't know. Maybe somebody in the audience could ask like one of their coworkers. I imagine we have some business people who know people who know people who know people. You yeah, could be I, like, what does hypothetically be? Right. I, I don't know. I, you know, well, I, I guess we'll, we'll find out. I, I just, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think when, when is this merger supposed to take place? Right now. <laughs> yeah. Right now, during this meeting. During the show, it's going live. Diablo 4 brought to you by Microsoft as a subsidiary of Activision, EA, and other random companies. Sub Clark. No, I I I just you uh I don't know. We'll 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 find out. We'll find out what happens. I I suppose we will, eventually. Yeah. As they go through countersuits and all that fun stuff again. 
Yeah. It's not over yet. Okay, so let's change gears just a little bit. Let's let's actually leave the realm of Activision Blizzard for half a second. Um, I don't know if I don't, I don't know how many people out there have played Hogwarts Legacy. Um, I know you know it. it that's still a hot button topic because of the uh, attachment to J.K. Rowling's, but. Um, it's a fantastic game. I'm not going to lie. It's a great game. I played and beat it. Uh, I put way too many hours into it. I'm not going to, it's, it's over 60 hours. Uh, but I really enjoyed the game and here's the thing. And I've stated this before. I understand that, that there are people out there who feel that by buying that game, you're supporting JK Rowling's financially. Yes. But you could still get the game and not have to um, support her views. The other thing is you've got the entire company, uh, I think it's Port Key Games, uh, that developed the game, uh, that through the sales, they, they get to pay their developers and their artists and their testers and all that stuff who I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to be, you know, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to assume I'm going to probably say maybe 85 to 95 percent of that workforce does not support what jk rowling's is saying so why would you want to hurt them because it's a it's a it's a solid game. i mean if you want to boycott the game i don't think you're actually hurting them you're just making your own moral decision it's not like you're blocking it's not like the activision microsoft merger where you're trying to actually block it all together you're just taking your own moral stance, which in the context of it, I don't think is the worst thing. No, it's right. very different than being like, we must block it from ever being sold. No, but the, the problem is you got so many people that are getting up on their soapboxes and basically trying to demonize anyone who buys the game. I understand. Look, it, it's it's your prerogative. If if you feel that you that by you buying that game, you're supporting JK Rowling, so you're not gonna buy the game, cool. But when you start calling out people saying, you know, because you got it, you you are now a, a racist, uh, sexist, bigoted, add another ageist, I don't know, just add all the ists to there. That's that's ridiculous. Ultra confusionist. I'm always an ultra confusionist. Yeah, I mean, if you do go fully down the route you're saying is you basically could not ever buy a product ever again unless it's like Amish. Because every company is going to have some kind of exact or somebody who has some kind of philosophical difference of what you believe in. And we got Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I mean, I love my damn Chick-fil-A sandwiches. Don't Same get here. me wrong. Same here. I do not support the yeah, upper I mean, management's it, views can, on but things. You can separate the two. It's I'm going to buy a product because I enjoy it. doesn't mean I support what a company stands for. What one individual in the company stands for. Yeah, I agree. Um yeah, it's because I agree. If you go down that route, then you better start looking at, you know, you, every food you basically own is owned by Nestle or PepsiCo. Yep. So you better be ready to deal with those big conglomerates that own like everything you eat and drink. And somewhere along the line, I guarantee you, there's another, uh, just like the owner of Chick fil A or a J.K. Rowling's, where they got to be morally reprehensible to you. So I hope you're growing a garden in the back of your yard 
And that's all you can do. So, okay, so Alex uh, stated that uh, she donates to Planned Parenthood every time she eats Chick Fil A. So, <laughs> I mean, if look, if if that's the route you got to go, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah, you know, I, hell, if 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 that's what it takes to to you know buy a J.K. Rowling product is to then you know donate to an LGBTQ plus organization, Shazam, you know. I mean- that's one of the realities of living in a globalization economy where anything you assume is going to can touch potentially those companies that you don't like morally. I don't know how you live with that other than potentially, as Alex mentions, making up for other ways. Yeah. Because um, you just, you can't escape it. No. I don't know how you would other than being Amish. And even then, let's not even go into what Amish think and believe. I just like their furniture, okay? Damn good furniture. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Wait, have you ever been to like an Amish furniture shop? Nope. It is the best. Really? Dude, it's like literally the best woodworking furniture. Like it's the, you would give it down to your kids, 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 and it would still look like it was made yesterday. It's fantastic stuff. You're missing out. Uh, and we now have the title for our show this week. <laughs> Amish furniture is the best. Glad I could be useful for something. Uh, uh, just just so you know, uh, when I did play uh, Hogwarts Legacy, I was a Ravenclaw through and through. And I'll I, play it eventually. I definitely had, there was definitely a character who had the hots for my character. Can you actually do relationships in the no, game? No. Well, that's dumb. No. However, however, there are uh, at least one, maybe more uh, LGBTQ plus relationships in the game. But you can't actually interact with them. No, no, no. So, like, you'll run into someone going, "Oh, yes." Uh, uh, you'll you'll run into a, a female professor. And she be and she stated, um, you know, if you ever run into my wife, uh, I'm like, well, yeah, what? No? Hmm. Mm. I was like, bravo, bravo, bravo. But anyways, okay, so uh, Hogwarts Legacy, there, uh, there's one, there's one huge thing that's missing from Hogwarts Legacy, and that, of course, is the competitive game uh, that take center stage early on in the Harry Potter series. That of course is Quidditch. Uh, there was a announcement within the last month that there is going to be a standalone competitive multiplayer Quidditch game. Interesting. Uh, now, if I remember right, I had a Harry Potter Quidditch game, which I got really, really good at, uh, on the GameCube. Um, I think it was on the GameCube. Let's That'd see. actually be a good VR game. Oh my god, dude, I would get so sick right on that I mean, broom, ups and downs, doing I mean, the it would be the epitome of VR because it's the three I mean, because it's the three dimensional, right? And that's the whole supposed to be selling point of VR is a three D ecosystem. So yeah, this I mean you might have to have a throw up bucket next to you waiting, but this should be a game made for vr if any game has ever been for vr 
It was for the game. He was called Harry Potter Quidditch World Cup. Were you a World Cup winner? Hell yeah, it was. I was the oh. best of the best. Thank you very much. Let's talk about the TV show. Oh, okay, yeah. So um, there is going to be a Harry Potter TV show. Or sorry. Yeah, I get, yeah Harry Potter TV show. Because yeah. they're going to recast everybody. And I would think so, unless it's about their adulthood, which I would actually not mind. No, no, no. Yeah, it, it would be interesting. Unfortunately, I would actually be more interested in the adult life of the kids than re-seeing the entire series again on TV. I, I want to know what, what Luna's up to now. That I crazy mean, girl. They could do a lot of interesting things. I mean, it's still If they did a TV series, it's still focused on Harry and Hermione and Ron. But if it's a TV series, you could absolutely still have your side characters like a Luna. Right. So the question the question I have is um, for this TV series is one: who the hell? I, the, the problem is that it's been ingrained in your brain that Daniel Radcliffe is Harry Potter, mm-hmm. and you know there. And unfortunately, there are a lot of characters, a lot of the professors, who have since passed. So, yeah. I think the hard part too is a lot of the really good book or video game transitions to TVs. Mm-hmm. They're done well, but there's still enough of like episode to episode suspense. I mean, yes, people who have watched them or read them obviously know what's going to happen, but there's still enough of that like. You know, think of like Last of Us, right? Every single episode, they're still like, what's going to happen in the next episode? Mm-hmm. Even though it was based off some unpredictable. Same thing with Game of Thrones. Like, there's still the build-up to the next episode. Yes. But like, with Harry Potter, I don't think you can deviate, or you should, I should say, too far from the books. And you already have a movie that was mostly truthful to the books. Obviously, there's some deviations, I know, or probably more accurately, things left out. Yes. Um, but this was pretty accurate to the books, so it's kind of like, because that's a large part of their theme for the, you know, because it's HBO Max, right? I believe, well, actually, it's now called Max. Or it's HBO, whatever. Right. And one of the but... large selling points of the episodic week-to-week is trying to, you know, draw people in for the next week of what's going to happen to create the chatter. But if you're following the books and in some sense, the movies that already exist, like there's not going to be a whole lot of surprise, especially like the first book, like there's not a whole lot of suspense. Like we already know what happens. I know. Surprise, Voldemort's the back of his head. Like, so that's what's getting me interested me about the TV series. Um, well, I, every single time, you know, you have a uh, a book series that goes to to a TV show. My one fear is one that they that they deviate, um, and they have uh, filler episodes that have nothing to do with anything, but because they're trying to get that, um, oh, Jesus. Um, they, you know, they because they've got to hit this magic episode number. It's going to be like Harry in uh, herbology for an entire episode. Uh, I think with the Harry Potter TV series, yeah, you have to follow the books. I agree. I mean, we say that, 
I think it's different than something than other books, like graphic novels, like Sandman, or books like Game of Thrones. Well, Lock and Key is another graphic novel that turned into a TV show. Which one? Lock and Key. Like, like you can wait because let's be honest, the people who have read them or read the novels or the graphic novels, it's a small minority of the overall population. Right. But Harry Potter's books and movies, movies right. are such a huge ethos and background. I mean, if people who read Harry Potter, like, I mean, the fanatics, like they know every page, like backwards and forwards. Yep. I think that's one series. If you don't follow the books, like religiously, it'll create too much controversy, not the good controversy. Like, yeah. I know there's the, uh, no news is bad news. No, if you get that kind of controversy with Harry Potter, you'll turn off the fan base. And the problem is the actual book fan base is so damn large. Yes. That you can't turn off the book fan base. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm. We'll see. I mean, HBO <laughs> has a good history of doing this. So I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. It's just, especially like the first book of Harry Potter isn't very long. No, no, it's not. And think about it, how you go from like, you know, the first book, The Sorcerer's Stone. Yes. Is that what? Yes. Like, it's a pretty short book. And then you get books like, you know, The Order of the Phoenix. That's like four times as long. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Order of the Phoenix, The Half-Blood Prince, like those, absolutely. You can fill in eight to 10 to 12 episodes you know, yeah, no problem. But to your point, I think you're right. Like the Philosopher's Stone, is there really a lot of material for that? For like a good, a or maybe that's a shorter season. I don't know. <laughs> so in the chat room, uh, they're talking about sexy professors. Um, uh, Professor Garlic is absolutely yes. I totally agree. But my favorite uh, was always uh, Tonks. Ton- oh, yeah. Yeah, Tonks. Um, uh, and, and just for for those who out there who played Hogwarts Legacy, uh, the girl Poppy from uh, Hufflepuff, uh, she was macking on my character so bad. So, anyway. In your dreams. Oh, no, no, no. It was, she was like, I w- by the end of the thing, I was her special friend. Not going to lie. All right, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, we're going to pause for just a second to do uh, some shout-outs for friends of the show. These are the amazing individuals who... Yes, they. Yes, she does, Clark. These Poppy are the amazing... Pop Charlie's character's cherry. Oh, boy. Uh... <laughs> so, anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to pause for just a second to thank the wonderful people that help Alter Confusion continue to be Alter Confusion. So, without further ado, let's start off with the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences like Momocon as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts that challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. Uh, So if you want more information, go to IndieCluster.com. So you're saying is by attending the Indie Cluster, they still hope for you. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the next shout-out we got to give is to 
the the myth, the legend, uh, Noodle Boy Media. And that, of course, is uh, Noodle Boy Media was founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously Whack Kid 47 Media. It's your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out Facebook.com slash Noodle Boy Media today. Uh, the next one is the man who can help you with all those aches and pains, ladies and gentlemen. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore. The company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to HeroChiropractic.com. And now, for the maestro himself. Ladies and gentlemen, need a new logo or want to work on a full branding and content strategy? Or maybe you need music or audio for your content, just like Alter Confusion? Crosspad Creative offers a whole host of solutions for individuals and small businesses. Just email Josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. Which, by the way, he was doing a live stream before the show where he was drumming away and taking requests. So if um, if you ever have a chance, go uh, check out Josh Clark Sounds um, to see his amazing drumming skills all right the last shout out oh i need to get your new logo okay josh send me your logo um and the last shout out we got to give is to the og the original gangster uh supporter of Vaulted confusion that is agile axiom by day axe leads both the development team and system administration team working with satellites at nasa's goddard campus but while not in meetings and many times during he is the agile evangelist agile axe championing the philosophy of agile and trying to make the world a better place for software developers testers system admins and software projects the world over this decades of experience in software development and leading agile teams are brought to bear against evil processes, inefficient work, and bad habits. For more information, go to agileaxiom.com. Now, I know that everyone out there is just dying to know, how do I become a friend of the show? Ladies and gentlemen, I am going to tell you, and you're going to be so happy to know, that Ultra Confusion... Survives in the love and support of fans like you. And so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fans, lovers, haters, demigods, interdimensional beings, gods, demons, aliens, vampires, mummies, and many more to become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. We currently have two tiers. That's one two tiers. We have the $1 a month tier. That's $1 a month or $12 a year. And at that tier, you gain early access to all of our playthroughs, as well as 
patron-only posts and polls to help shape the future of Alder Confusion. If you're feeling super frisky, uh, we have the $5 a month or $60 a year tier. And not only do you gain everything at the $1 tier, but you also gain uh, your name or organization added to every single Thursday night hangout friends of the show section. So... Become a patron today by going to patreon.com slash altered confusion. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I do also want to give you a heads up that Altered Confusion is proud to say that we have been fundraising for Extra Life for 12 straight years. Uh, Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best. Game to help sick and injured children at their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money that we raise through Extra Life will go directly to Children's Healthcare Atlanta as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Altered Confusion today. All right, so let's jump back into it. I'm, I'm, I gotta run back through here. Let's see. Okay, that's inappropriate. That's inappropriate. Okay. What's being inappropriate, sir? I, no, nothing. I was just seeing if there was any topics that I, I was gonna actually be able to bring up, or <laughs> because hmm, some of those things mm. are, 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 are nice comments and thoughts, but not really topics. Um, so. I'm, I'm trying to think what was the, um, damn it. I had a question and, and now I forgot it. Oh no. Uh, I have I played dredge? No, I have not. I'm, I don't, have you played a game called dredge? I do not know do what the game called dredge is. Let's see. It's, but it's good. Dredge. Let me check this out. Uh, a single-player fishing adventure with a sinister undercurrent. Sell your catch, upgrade your boat, and dredge the depths for long-buried treasure. Interesting. It's an indie game. Uh, oh, and you and you encounter Lovecraftian creatures. Well, shit. I doesn't look interesting. Ooh, uh, the, the, <laughs> okay. Uh, since we apparently are going to a Harry Potter theme, uh, rest of the show, uh, would you rather Hermione or Luna? Oh my. Uh, depends how much have I drank that night? Depends like on, depends on a... how crazy I'm willing to go. I feel like Luna's more of a, I've had some good stuff in my system. I'm ready to let loose. Whereas nope. Hermione's more of a, I have an ambient fire going. <laughs> and we're just going to cuddle. And that's probably about <laughs> it tonight. Luna Luna would, would be into some kinky stuff. I'm just saying. Luna would like want to be in the fire. Yeah. She'd be like, let's do it while on fire. Mm, mm, mm. Or when we get to the finish, bombard them everywhere. So would that be in the HBO series? Aloha Mora. Uh, anyways, um, uh, another question was, what do you think Hermione's favorite drink is? 
Well, it ain't polyjuice. I'll tell you that right now. I'd say an old fashioned. I don't know. Old fashioned or like a good Malbec or Pinot. But only yeah, it would be it would be a sophisticated drink. The cheap stuff. It'd be it, Hermione would have would would definitely have a sophisticated drink. Yeah, she's uh, very. She's not gonna be lace. drinking like the high life. Ooh, Josh says an extra dry martini. Now Luna would be all about the high life. I feel like <laughs> Luna would be like just throw just, hunch punch, man. Just throw a Whenever bunch of got, alcohol man, into a, the bathtub. I'm always just throw a bunch of stuff into the bathtub. Uh, let the fruit soak in there and roll the dice, baby. Actually, she'd be the one doing like keg stand, showing everyone else up. Psh, she w- she'd be doing a keg stand and then doing a sh- uh, shot off. Yeah, and then she'd just smile and frolic away. And she'd probably have quite a following mm. as she frolicked away, without even realizing it. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, damn it! Now, now all I can think about is Hogwarts shit. <laughs> you, you've done it, people! Ha ha! Um, is there anything wrong with that? No, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I did finally. Um, I finally did fall back on a uh a pastime that I had been pretty good about. And that is, I just, I bought myself some more Funko pops. So what'd you get this time? Uh, give you one second and I'll show you one second. One second to see Mr. Charlie's addiction because it's kind of entertaining in a sad children's kind of way. Okay. I have the, Shuri in Sunbird, which is humongous, but that's okay. And then I also got the WandaVision, uh, Agatha Harkness versus the Scarlet Witch. Nice. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh so now now we've gone really inappropriate. Uh it's uh I I'll we'll I'll say screw Mary Kill, Hermione Luna, Professor McGonagall. Sorry, Professor, but I'm gonna have to kill you. I'll marry Hermione and I'm I'm in on Luna. I'm the reverse. I would kill McGonagall because no. But I would actually marry Luna and screw Hermione because Hermione would be fun. I feel like Luna, like, but she'd be boring, like, after a while. Whereas Luna would keep things interesting and fresh. <laughs> Touche. And, spite, and a little bit hot in the fire. You in the fire, dude. You just want to get burned, man. <sighs> Love hurts, man. Oh, so there is a game out there called Redfall. I think it's, I think, yeah, I think this is the one. There, there's a game. I want to say it's Redfall. That that um, the physical copies. There's something funny about it. Um, if you look at the back of the physical copy, yeah, Redfall. Um, on some of the, on some of the physical copies, uh, it appears 
that it lists 60 frames per second on the back. Mm. However, there is a sticker that has been added by Microsoft that states that that 60 frames per second will not be available at launch. Of course. So you got your toting 60 frames a second. However, you, you're going to release it before you can actually, that's false advertisement. That's why you got the sticker. That's stupid. Well, you know, false advertising. Is it really false if it becomes true eventually? It's false until it becomes true. But who's really counting? The Amer the 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 consumers at large. Are and Joel, my, uh, real quick, Joel, my question is: Is she in her animagus form or in her human form? Yeah. So many options. Yeah. Uh, So, the new Zelda is coming out soon. It's good. I, I, I'm going to have a hard time not disappearing for when a while when that game comes out. My problem is, like, I could never get into Breath of the Wild. Like, I've tried on a number of occasions, and it just doesn't do it for me. Well, you're not a very you. You don't do well in open world games. I also abhor the mechanic of all my shit breaking all the time. Yes. Yes. For the love of God, just I, I want, I want Link to have weapon. I'm okay with you know accumulating or accruing new weapons throughout the game, but it blows balls hardcore when you swing the tree branch you found once and it just shatters, and now you have to go equip another tree branch. Yeah, or like you're in a intense fight and you're like one useful weapon breaks and all of a sudden it's like, oh, now I only have a true branch to hit these four enemies with and I'm going to die. No, I, I, uh, I don't know, it's Dino DNA. I, I, I'll still play Dredge. I, it's not that I don't like uh, breakable gear. It's just with Zelda, this is the first game that they've had breakable gear. Like, I've played, you know, a shit ton of games that have, you know, uh, items that have durability, where you have to, um, after getting hit so many times, your your armor has to be repaired. Um, your, I don't know, your your sword uh, starts to dull, so you got to get, you know, so you got to uh, you know, reforge it or something. I'm totally fine with that. But Zelda, Link is supposed to have... Like a weapon that stays with him the whole time, not seventy-five thousand tree branches, a couple of bones, um, and you know whatever else. I also am not a fan of, um, not a huge fan of uh, limited ammo in in my RPGs. Yeah, I just I tried. It just didn't do it for me. I know a lot of people love it. There's there, the there's the game that I've been streaming a lot of recently is uh, Dead Cell, and I saw that. it's again. Because you played that before, 
That's yeah. like a return. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> the more I play, the the faster I could play it, That's which fair. I'm totally fine with. Uh, I still haven't beat the game because one of the final bosses, the dude can basically knock you back, and there's like this pit on both sides that will eat you alive. And num, so num, I num, haven't num. figured that one out yet. But um, you have one of the items you could pick up is a uh, a bow or a crossbow or some ranged weapon, and a lot of them have ammo. However, it's kind of cool, the mechanic that they have. They tell you how many shots you have, and then over time, if you get close to the enemy, you can you don't physically grab the arrows out of them, but they kind of merge with you when you get close. So, like, let's say that your bow can shoot eight shots. So once you hit, throw eight shots and you're on the other side, you can't shoot anymore. But if you run up real close, do some melee attacks, you'll get those eight back, and then you can hop back and start firing again. Makes sense. And, yeah. I, I like that self. Um, it is definitely a game where you're going to die a lot. And no run is the same. And the more you open up the game, the more variety you have, but also the greater chance to get really sucky ass weapons. Which have you played in a while? Hades? No, I have not. I'm waiting for Hades too. Aren't we all? I mean, I, I played a ton of Hades. It's um, a great game. And, and I played it on the switch there. There's a phenomenal game that did, perfectly well on the switch well i mean it's the classic case of i mean it was a pretty game what isn't a uber pushing the graphics type of game right so you can absolutely still have great games from a gameplay perfection perspective which hades was yeah. without needing to have the most amazing graphics on the face of the planet down dna is playing hades right now it's a i mean it's Ooh. a great game it's, I've it's not a, played in a while. I should I should pick it up before actually Hades two comes out. Or I'll probably I'll probably do the same. I'll probably you know uh, revisit it so that uh, everything is um, fresh in my mind, and also I will have to relearn the patterns of all the bosses. Yeah, yeah, that's always tough. Yes, but they get you know, um, in Dead Cells, you there's. You know, there's definitely um, boss patterns as well, and there's. I mean, most of them there are. I, I can literally, I, unless something really bad happens, I will at least beat the first, maybe second boss of Dead Cells easily, easily every single run. But well, that's not true. I mean, how many I, bosses If are I go there? the Castlevania route then I may not survive the first boss. Uh, how many, it depends on the way you go. So there's a bunch of different areas. There's different paths that you could go. Um, so I think technically one, two, I think you're gonna at least face four or five bosses, but I think there's a way to, to face more. But then, if you face more, is one of those games where you get like more loot and better exp if you yes. face more. Yes, yeah. you you have the you have a better chance to 
have a stronger character in the end. However, you have a better chance of getting your ass handed to you and you won't make it to the end. So it's a uh, winner. It's a trade-off. Yes. Uh, and anyone who's played Dead Cells, uh, if you could just tell me whatever the f- secret is to beating the the bosses of the lighthouse, that'd be phenomenal. Because well, you go you to... going game facts? Dude, it's... There's... So you start off against uh, one boss and then you beat them close to submission. Then they run away and then they're joined by a family member. And now you've got to battle them both. You got to beat them close to submission. Then they run away. And then a third family member shows up. And by that time uh, I'm dead. Here you go. Cause Wait, that's no. literally there you go. There's, there's your strategy guide. Go read, <laughs> go, go use your eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. Very helpful. So uh, I do want to point something out. I and during the uh, the Patreon bit, uh, I said early access to playthroughs, and I want to apologize to the patrons out there. Uh, I know that there has been a lot of playthroughs. Uh, however, um, I did post one this week, and I'm closing in on another playthrough to give you early access to try to make up for the fact that. Uh, February and March lacked those playthroughs. Uh, I would love to say that it's because of allergies because I'm still hurting. And so it's, I, I, I want to sleep a lot. <laughs> um, so what's your favorite of those playthroughs? What, uh, the ones I've done recently or just overall? Yeah, recently. Yeah. Um, you know, I, <sighs> The, the playthrough I'm doing right now is a game called Kathy Rain. Hmm. Uh, it's You are a, a journal, uh, journalism student in college, and you go back to your hometown uh, to see your, or to, to attend your grandfather's funeral, and then, like, shit gets weird. Like there's there's a lot more going on in that town, that small little town, than first meets the eye, and you get drawn like in an and anime you try to solve it. Game. Huh? Sounds like an anime more than a video game. Yeah, that, that's true. No, it's it's um, so you got that one, uh, and then the other one was uh, the Adventures of Bertram Fiddle. Um, I already had the first chapter up and now the second chapter is now up and that's nice. kind of, it's a silly over the top kind of um if if sherlock holmes was not as good of a detective and there was a guy who uh though thought of as useless who actually solves one of the biggest cases right under sherlock holmes nose so there you go it's like a different Amelia Holmes. Anola. My bad. Yes. But yes. Mm. But but much more humorous. And and the design it's just the the proportions of the characters are you know, it it, it fits. Yeah. Dialogue is funny, very humorous, inappropriate for some, I'm sure. Oh dear. Yeah. But whatever. But yeah, like I said, I'm I'm trying to catch up. Um 
on, on playthroughs. So I will continue to work my way through. I've, I've even got more games to record and, and do the playthroughs for. So patrons are patron. Yeah. Patrons, uh, be on the lookout. You're going to get some good stuff. There's always more coming from old confusion. And of course, Charlie. Yes. Yes. But, uh, once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you are in the Atlanta area and you are, uh, available during Memorial Day weekend, come to Momocon, momocon.com to get all your information. Uh, we will be there or I will be there at the bare minimum. Uh, there's a panel at seven 30 on Thursday night and, uh, come hang out with me. I will have buttons, buttons, uh, buttons. And, um, I will also have my brain doodles for anyone who's interested in, uh, one of those brain doodles. Where do these buttons come from? The store. Oh, I don't, I don't even I'm remember good. where I get them from at this point. I mean, the stores sold places any. It's some online retailer, but I haven't bought, I haven't reordered them in a long time. So I don't even know if that retailer's still around. But you still have buttons. That's the yes, yes, question. yes. I do. Okay, I just making sure yeah. that we got your priorities straight here, sir. Of course, of course. I always worry about this kind of things. Of course. So, uh, Zealys, what games are you playing? Oh, I've actually been playing a game that I know you hate. Uh, Dragon Age Two. Uh huh. It's just a mindless go and beat the shit out of people game. Like, there's not a whole lot of thought or strategy involved. You just oh, I have big boofy booming abilities that will hack my enemies in half. I will press and go forward and beat them in the head. And I win the fight. Um, yeah. My only issue with Dragon Age 2, well, actually, one of, a couple of the issues that I have with that is, one, um, the game looked like, at the time when it first came out, I don't know, maybe they, they put some polish on it. I hope they did. Uh, no, it looks like a beta version of a game. Um, they d basically took away all of the outside world um, and every single fucking map is literally the same map, but they flipped it, rotate it or put a, um, or put a, a wall where there was a door. However, they didn't update the mini map. So it still shows as a door, but you can never go through because it's blocked. Which is funny because you literally just described mass effect one. No, Zelius, you still you you're you're so focused on trying not to think about the Mako. Nope. Outside the Mako, I promise you, Mass Effect <laughs> One is no different where every like when you go to a planet, you go to one of the bases, they're all identical. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. And the bases exactly are exactly what you're saying. You go inside the base, and you can see like a door that on your mini map still shows what's beyond the door. Oh, but this map, for whatever reason, the door's not openable. Right, but still, it's a door, okay? But you can't open the door, it's dude. How like many games? Do you, how many games have you ever played where every single door is open, openable? Is that even a word? There's not <laughs> that many games out there where you can open every single door. Most and of the time, other it, maps, the door you can open on the same exact map. Well, of course. There's like once again, you have a ton of games that are gonna have a shit ton number of doors. Some of them are openable. I hope that's a word. Uh, and, and and there's the vast majority of them are not gonna be. I'm just saying, there's something in that Bioware age of games where you're right. They totally reuse the same assets over 
and over and over. No, it's no. to make it look more full of a game. But then again, let's let's talk about. I can't remember the name of the the horror game off the top of my head. But if if you want to talk about just insanity, and I want to pull my hair out, it's those. Uh, you're going down a hallway, and there is like a parallel room, and the door is shattered so you can see into the room and but you can't open the door because it's locked but literally oh. if if this was real world you could just literally reach your hand in and unlock it because there's only a third of the door left or like any open world video game where it's like big and open but there's a very low fence in the way that comes up to your shin and you can go around every place else but the one place where your shin would hit the fence thou shall not pass or 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 you've got you know you've got uh like a, a flat plateau area but you also have a ramp down and there's there's nothing between the plateau area and the ramp you should be able to just walk off the plateau and onto the ramp however there's a magic wall that unless yep. you actually step on the ramp at the very beginning, you cannot go down. Yeah. Or jump much. over the the uh, the stair rail railing. Which you know how you fix that? You remove the jump ability. <laughs> it is amazing how many games don't have the jump ability. It's it just makes it easier for collision. No, I mean, I totally get it from a development perspective. Yeah. It makes it a whole lot easier. So it's like, we all, I mean, it's a video game. So we're already in a world of not realism. So if the game, if you can't jump, I'm like, eh, whatever. It doesn't really, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I hope it doesn't bother other people. Uh, I will say it is kind of humorous in games like Mass Effect, where you're like the super powered badass, and there's certain things you can't do. Yep. Even though you're basically the savior of mankind. Yeah. But I will say, okay, so here, here's my thing. If a game has the jump ability, I feel like it needs to feel like it needs to be a smooth experience. If it's if it's completely botched, then I, I would rather not be able to jump than have like a shoddy, messed up shooting, a uh, 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 jumping mechanic. I would agree with that. That's fair. So, that's my two cents. I feel All like right. that was, what was that game? I know we both played it. What, that had no jumping ability? No, it had a jumping ability for combat, and the jumping ability is very ingrained into the combat, and it uh -huh. did it very well. I played it on the PS5, you played it on the PC. Um, it was like the futuristic one, you had a party of three or four, um, and then you met the people halfway through the game to like then join your party and you could swap between them. Um, I know you played it because you're the one who told me about it. It sounds familiar, but I can't remember what it is now. Well, to... I mean, it was it was your typical action combat type of JRPG where you had the party and stuff. But like that was a game I remember that did the jumping with the combat very well. Oh, is that the um, oh, what the fuck is it? Arise? Not uh, Tales of Arise, no. Okay. 
No, it was we played this. This is probably about two years ago. It was well before Tales of Arise. Okay, well I have. I always had to... your very normal JRPG jump combat, which was uh-huh. okay. But the game I'm talking about had really good, like your abilities actually mattered when you did jump combat. And I can't remember what it's called now. I'll just have to. I'll have to figure it out afterwards. Then it was a good game. We both liked it. Well, there you go. Uh, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, I believe uh, that we've reached the end of our show. Uh, but uh, if, if y'all want to stick around and chit-chat afterwards, by all means, we can do that. But let's wrap up the show so that we can uh, produce the video and podcast, which, of course, ladies and gentlemen, Alter Confusion is available on almost every single podcast uh, provider. Uh, and then, of course, all of our videos go up on YouTube slash Altered Confusion LLC. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Alter Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zelius, it's been a pleasure giving everything from our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Alter Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother. <laughs>